Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey friends, my name is Andre and this is the Tennis Ambiguous Podcast. I podcast about pretty much anything tennis from a Christian as a pro and uh, tennis is back and we love it. And uh, we have the second Grand Slam of the year, the one that should be the fourth, now the second because of problems that you already know about. And uh, we're going to be looking at the draws here because it's always a lot of fun. And uh, us tennis fanatics, we always just like to make predictions and just see what's going on. And I'm joined here in this episode about the uh, women's draw in particular. So um, Vansh is here again. Hey, Vansh, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, happy to do the women's draw today. We already did the men's, so let's keep it rolling. Sweet. And uh, we have another guest here as uh, Owen joined us for um, the men's draw. We have Alex Grishkin from uh, the Crack Records, if I'm not mistaken, the podcast, right? That is correct. How are you guys doing today? You're doing amazing. How are you doing, Finn? I am doing well. No complaints. You know, whenever Vance comes out and he says, hey, Alex, I need you to do me a favor. I'm like, well, I probably already owe you six. So (laughs) yeah, let's knock this one off the book. But, you know, any excuse to talk through these draws, because I I imagine you guys feel as unclear about all of this as I do. So maybe if we talk it out, we'll find some clarity. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's the the whole thing with... uh... Men, the women's uh, tennis, uh, especially after Cincinnati, was a little bit more shaky than I expected it would be. But to be fair, the, the men's tennis has also not really been holding up in the draws. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think before we get started uh, breaking down the draw, I think, uh, Alex, you should tell our listeners a little bit more about Crack Rackets, a little bit more about uh, what you guys do, a lot of podcasts, um, articles, digital tennis media company, if you want to just give a brief, brief overview of your work there. Yeah, well, obviously Dalton has trained you well, but look, before that, I will say if there's two things that have defined my life just as a human, there it's tennis and it's bagels. Uh, I am a Jewish male. Uh, a lot of my Sunday mornings were hitting from nine to one, followed by my dad and I going to pick up a dozen bagels for nice. our family. And so it's near and dear to my heart. But as <laughs> you know, you guys mentioned, I get to be, uh, you know, host the Cracked Rackets podcast, the Great Shot podcast, Cracked Interviews podcast, Mini Break podcast. Inside Out podcast, we're four wide at this point. I think it's as funny as you do, trust me. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been so fortunate for us. What we try and do is, you know, much like you guys here, talk about tennis in a way that maybe it hasn't been talked about previously. And so often tennis is associated with this stuffy, old fashioned mindset. And, you know, I'm not going to swear, I would say it's Boucher, but it, it's, it's nonsense. Like, mm. that's just not true. And you guys know it. I know it. There are young people playing tennis across the world who talk about it. 
in a really fun way. And we just think by sharing that fun way in the way that we do at Crack Rackets, we can help what we all want to do, grow our beloved sport, grow the beloved audience for the sport. And that's what we try and do at CR. Yeah, I think it, uh, you have a big point here. And it's because, um, as you all know, like, as Patrick Moratoglu stated, that the average age for tennis fans in the U.S. is 61. So if you're into something that attract those younger audiences like us, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I question that number. I'm sure it comes from a good place. And I just, I that can't be true because I know young people who love tennis and there's enough of them that you start to think, oh, okay, maybe that average age should be a little bit lower. Yeah. It may, it may be some reflection of like a first favorite sport to watch or something like that, but yeah. Yeah. No, plus I like to play devil's advocate. So you tell me it's true. I'll say, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and, and so we'll try, we'll see, uh, we'll see how, how that bears out. Right. So uh, bring that energy to the dross that we're just about to <laughs> analyze right now. So um, looking at this draw, like I think one of the things that I like to ask first when I look at a draw is like, what stands out first? Like, what's the main thing that you look at this draw? Like, uh, obviously, like a little bit like looking at the names and the first ma round matches and seeded. Like, what really stands out? Well, what is the highlight for you in that one? For both of you, really? I, I guess I'll start. I'll start off. So I guess the the main takeaway right away. I mean, even before the draws came out, I guess is that you know six of the top ten women in uh, are not are not in the draw, so that right away uh, opens up a lot of doors. And you know, we see Karolina Pliskova as the number one seed, and she's often talked about as you know maybe the best player to have not won a slam this far, uh, given her her great resume, sixteen titles, been to number one, won a lot of premier mandatories, has been you know as consistent as a top is number three in the world right now, and we see that in her section. She's drawn with Jennifer Brady in the third round, and uh, I know Alex, you you definitely covered Brady in full length at the top seed open uh, with your with your commentary there. So maybe you want to start with uh, telling us a little bit about what made Brady so impressive, and you know maybe that section of the draw a little bit. Yeah, it's you know you mentioned Carolina Pliskova being the number one seed, and uh just something about me i enjoy the chase the andy murray the alex virev now carolina pliskova these past five years those players who it's just so clear how talented they are yet for one reason or another they haven't broken through at the grand slam and every conversation i've had in the tennis world about this draw about this u.s open you know every time you list the name potential contenders or dark horses or whatever it may be you know hours of conversations and carolina pliskova's name has yet to come up. And as part of that, you know, we haven't seen tennis in five and a half months. She loses first round in Cincinnati to uh, Cincinnati in Western and Southern New York, whatever you want to call it, to Cooter Matova. And, you know, we don't have a lot of data to go on. And obviously that's concerning in a way that Sophia Kennan, who had a set point on her racket, who played world team tennis, looked really good through it, who won an, a Grand Slam earlier this year, you can write off a one loss like that in a way, maybe you can't 
for a Carolina Pliskova. But yeah, in this section, it goes even before that. Annalena Kalnina made the final of Midland this year. The 125K was playing so well there and was playing well in the early parts of this season. That's a dangerous round one. Even if it's not Jennifer Brady, CeCe Bellis, who obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, has been a really talented American, that looms as well. And then, you know, Paulini and Garcia, both really exceptional threats. This gets to the big picture, even before you get to any specific section of the draw. You know, no one's going to laugh you out of the room if you say, could 30 players legitimately win this women's U.S. Open in singles? And it's like, yeah, you, you could probably get to 30 names where it's like, okay, like, yeah, sure. I believe that. If they play well for two weeks, why not? And for some reason, Pliskova just doesn't, her name hasn't come up at the top of that list now. Sorry, I promise I'm going to keep my answer shorter than this moving forward. But for Jennifer Brady to actually answer the question you asked, I mean, she checks off every box. Built confidence at the beginning of this year. I think it was semifinal in Doha or Dubai, whatever it was. So momentum moving forward, check. Did she play a lot of matches during the exhibition season? Yes. World Team Tennis, she obviously won her first WTA WTA title in Lexington without losing a set. Check. Is she someone who clearly is in shape right now? Yes. Check. She checks off every box, and so I, you imagine in, in a lot of brackets across people filling it out, a common upset pick. The way people love to pick someone beating Duke in the round of 16, every bracket's going to have Carolina Pliskova knocked out before round four. Hmm. I think uh, it, it's it's an interesting point that you bring here. It's just like uh, bringing like thirty players to be like a more consistent winners, and I feel like in in men's tennis, at least probably since some at some point in the nineties, late nineties, that was definitely absolutely not the case in any way. Um, it was if you you'd be lucky if you could like point out four people who would actually have a, a big chance of like winning, and those four people would obviously be uh, our um, big four guys and. Uh, and and the women's tennis like it's it's interesting like uh, Poliskova is world number three is winner of so many titles former world number one and she is not a favorite to win a Grand Slam that she enters in it's and that just makes our job as fans wants to predict the winners just so much more difficult because all of a sudden you get a person who is ranked outside of top fifteen maybe even top twenty just coming through and, and making it to the finals and. You know, sometimes even beating a top ten in the final to win that slam, and uh, it's it's just it, it seems to have been happening quite a bit in a few years um, ever since Serena Williams had her twenty um, third and a drop in uh, performance in slams. It's kind of like the uh, I don't like to say random winners because I don't think anyone is is random, but like a lot more one time winners and first time winners than I think would would be normally, um, you know conventional or like following more like the script in a sense yeah yeah absolutely i mean look last five years at the u.s open five different winners nine different finalists 16 different semi-finalists 27 different quarterfinalists you know only serena and keys have made more than one semi-final in the past five years and mm-hmm. i don't think any of us would be surprised if neither of those players maybe i'm getting ahead of myself neither of those players are in the quarterfinal there are that many women right now who are dangerous and you know i warned you guys i was going to do this i've i'm going to 
to flip this on you, and I'm going to go to you first, Andre. Sure. Just, you know, when you're looking at this top quarter of the draw, because it is wide open, as you mentioned. If you don't take Pliskova's value right now as a top seed, as a normal top seed would hold, you have some dangerous names in this section, right? A, you know, Jennifer Brady playing really well. Uh, Someone like Petra Martic, who made a semifinal in Palermo, looked really good doing it. Now, Mm -hmm. it was on clay, uh, but obviously, uh, you know, it was still uh, a good result for her, and she has momentum on her side. If it's not Carolina Pliskova, who's coming out of this section for you? For me, I, I think it point out like interestingly how Petra Martic, Martic did, did reach the uh, semifinals, right? Um, <laughs> in uh, Palermo and it was on clay. Uh, the one thing that I saw, especially in that tournament, it was the first tournament since uh, quarantine. Well, the the tennis had regained the pro tour pro tournaments. It was just a fighting spirit. That was in no way that was a. a um, like a showing of their true skill. Like everybody was getting so slow to get a, a head start and just um, missing weird balls and just kind of playing a little bit too centered. And maybe it was an advantage that wasn't clear, just kind of like adapting a little bit more, like uh, instead of going straight into like the faster courts. Uh, I think we have interesting people to make the quarterfinals here in uh, Kristina Mladenovic and uh, Angelique Kerber. I think Maldinovic is a really capable player. Uh, volleys extremely well from being an excellent doubles player. And Kerber, obviously, um, a winner of two Grand Slam titles. Um, so I really, I really think Kerber can come through and even maybe reach the semis. What about you, Vansh? Sure, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I, I, I like the Kerber pick from you, Andre, because, you know, Kerber... Mm-hmm. Kerber, obviously, she's won the three slams. She's a late bloomer. Um, we haven't seen too many big results, in, especially in the majors from her, since she won the 2018 Wimbledon uh, and beat Serena in the final pretty comprehensively. But, I mean, since that result, it's been third round, third round, first round, first round. You know, she made a four, second round, fourth round. It's been it's been kind of all first week performances, and we haven't really... I mean, she did have an Indian Wells final in there where she played Andrescu pretty tight. But, uh, I mean, apart from that, it's just so hard to gauge because um, she's been she's had some struggle with injuries in 2019. And it seems like every even year, she play, she has a really good year. Like in 2016, she was clearly the, the world's best. She won two slams that year, made the final of another, made the uh, one Olympic silver. And then 2018, obviously, she had a fantastic year. So, you know, part of me just makes me want to think that you know, Kerber, it could be Kerber's time. And we look at her draw here. She's playing Tomlianovic um, in the first round. And that could be a very tricky round um, yeah. uh, with Tomlianovic, certainly playing a lot of exhibitions during the time off. And she, she, would, be in, she would be in shape. Um, and then you've got, you know, Alison Risk, who can put together some good performances. Um, she's definitely very capable of doing it. Um, and then, you know, like, so I, I, I really like the Pliskova pick, especially if she were to meet... Uh, you know, either Brady or push. Uh, I really like the um. I like her Kerber. chances, Kerber for, for Kerber yeah. uh, against either Pushkova or Brady. Mm-hmm. And then we look at the second part of that quarter, and uh, Marketa von Drusova is somebody that no one really talks about. Um, she's kind of like the forgotten French Open finalist, and part of that is because they played the the French Open kind of messed up their scheduling last year, and they put her, they put the women's semifinals on uh, court one rather than on court rather than on center court. And as a result of that, uh, the women's final was played on the Saturday, uh, you know, after the completion of the 
the team Djokovic match. And so because of that, you know, I guess not a lot of people remember her, but she's certainly a great force on the clay. But um, it's just it's just hard to know whether she'll do any damage here. I do like Mladenovic. I like uh, Putin Seva. But ultimately, I think coming out of this quarter, um, I do think we can get a um, Kerber versus... Mm-hmm. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm really just uh, clutching at my straws here for this this next pick but i'm gonna say uh putin seva has a good mm. shot i it's so wait I, I i was gonna say doesn't kerber would play putin seva that would be what a round of 16 match that'd be a quarterfinal to get to the semi that'd be the quarterfinal to get to the semi so quickly for von drusova you know not to disagree with you, Vonch. You are obviously someone I hold near and dear. But to disagree with you, um, I don't think anyone's forgotten about Von Drusova. She's been injured. And so we haven't seen her of late. We What, she missed three, four months last year pretty immediately after that French Open. And, you know, you look for her results this season. They've been fairly forgettable. I think she won two matches in Adelaide. And then since then, she hasn't done better than winning one match at an event. A bunch of first-round losses thrown in there. Now, you want to say she had a bunch of three set losses that's fair and you know a lot of those three set losses were good losses as well so she's certainly very close but a lot of it's confidence and you know those three set losses start to add up and yeah she's the seed here but it's you know it's an it's a wide open section and sure if she gets confident could she rip off a run absolutely but Sasnovich in round two, uh, that wouldn't be easy. Obviously, Putin Seva is just going to make every ball against you. And, you know, if that's a, just a tough opponent to play when you don't have confidence, if that's the third round matchup, I don't know. It's tough. I also think the counterpoint, this is probably the first major in five years where Carolina Pliska's name doesn't come up as a top contender, regardless of her being the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Could that be a sneaky good thing for her? Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah, it's true. Lack of pressure is always is also something that could help Serena Williams when we get there, but we'll we'll see about that. So, um, yeah, uh, there, there's a player that I just saw here, and she played an, an excellent match. Uh, I think against Serena this week, and it's uh, Arantxa Rus. Um, and uh, I was just kind of like impressed by the level that she displayed, like in terms of like how she went through. Uh, do you guys think she could? Make her run for it, like maybe like a, a dark horse in this in this race. Maybe like going to the the fourth round. You guys think she has any any chance at all to like uh, maybe show up a quarterfinals, upset some players on on the on the way. I mean, and and sorry to go first here, Vanch, but no, uh-huh. like no. I mean, sure. At the same time, like yes, I think any what we've learned about the WGA, any player in the draw can win three matches in a row. Can they get to seven? You know, I yeah. don't think so at all for Roos. But like, I mean, so the answer is sure, but my real answer is no. Hmm. I, like truthfully, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah, same. I have to agree. I mean, I did see a little bit like pits and pieces of her Serena match, and she did, she did serve for the match, and you kind of got the feeling like, you know, then. She started to think, oh, my God, I'm about to beat Serena Williams. And then it just kind of crumbled mm-hmm. from there. But, uh, no, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, like Alex said, for sure. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if I picked a name from this, from a hat. And basically I said, okay, boom, Vera Lapko, can she make the quarterfinals? Sure, why not? So it's it's one of those kind of, one of those kind of open sections where the number one seed 
you know, isn't the most dependable kind of number one, number one seed and talked about, like, a, like Alex said, for like, for the, the way she's been talked about the last five years. So, yeah, I would, I would lean towards no for Rose. Hmm. Yeah. That was mostly like a trick question. This is, I don't actually believe, I just thought that the level. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel bad. I feel like we shot you down, Andre. That's not what we were trying to do. Like uh, to your larger point, yeah, sure. No, why yeah, not? No. I just think, yeah, her specifically, not for me. It's uh, yeah, it's it's just the thing. Like, uh, I, it's seeing the level. Sometimes I, you think like hmm, maybe something could happen over there. Like it's just kind of like something that you keep your, the corner of your eye on, but like not necessarily truly paying that much attention. That that was the one thing for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. um. If you, do you guys want to move over to uh, the other section already? Like I think it's interesting. No, because I, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to let you. Escape. Yeah, I was, I was going to say I haven't given my picks yet. By the way, I was oh, going to okay. try and sneak my just, way out was, of it. But since yeah. I'm going to call you out, Andre, give me the picks. <laughs> oh, for me? Uh, so yeah, yeah okay. of course. So I will pick Angelique, Angelique Kerber on the quarterfinals. I think Pliskova will reach the, the round four. By the way, on that one. But um, on the quarterfinals, I will say Kerber and. My other pick will be oh, that one's so hard. Um, I'll say I'll say Martic. I'll go with the on that on this other quarterfinalist. I'll go with this grip. Yeah, I think those are all good picks. I do like the lefty Von Drusova versus Martic. That would be so much fun. Martic's slice as good as any slice in the women's game. Mm-hmm. I like that. If I pick Carolina Pliskova here, it's different than you guys, and you, you know, Vance knows our relationship with DraftKings. Awesome. Yeah. So always, when you're getting extra points on a top, hey, seat, uh, sorry, yeah, can you restart your point? Uh, we um, you cut off like a solid five seconds. I mean, yeah. Again, name in a hat. I agree with everything you guys have said. It's going to get funky. Certainly, I feel like the dumbest thing I could possibly do is say it's going to be Martic versus Pliskova in the quarterfinals, and Pliskova advancing to the semifinals. So we had Nina Pantich on the Great Shot podcast, which all of you listeners can hear uh, Mm. on the Great Shot podcast feed. Sorry. Again, Dalton's trained me well too, so I'm I'm always good at working in those plugs. And Nina made a really (laughs) good case for Petra Martich, and it was really fun and really enjoyable, and I enjoy her a lot. So I'm going to jump on the Martich bandwagon with her into the quarterfinals. But I love that everyone's sleeping on Karolina Pliskova. So just simply on that fact, I'm going to throw her into my semifinals from this quarter. Nice. I like to do that sometimes too. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you, Von Short? Did you already make your picks? I think you said Putinseva. I, I went with Putinseva to get to the quarters to play Kerber. I do think okay, Pliskova okay. will get to the fourth round, by the way. Mm. So you're the most... Uh... You're going the the, the farther the farther away from the yeah, seats. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a risk here, but I you know what I think it could pay off. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're not taking a risk here because you would have taken alley risk. But ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, by the way, when you hear me do the women's draw breakdown on our cracked rackets pod, there's a thirty percent chance I take Jennifer Brady over Pliskova, and there's a twenty percent chance I take Cece Ballas over both of them. But yeah, yeah. Just for now, let's go Pliskova Bartish. Yeah. I'll take Pliskova. I'm gonna listen to that one just so I can see all of your opinions <laughs> and see which one is the truth is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, if I say enough things, something's going to be right, and then that's the only clip you have to pull. 
Okay. That, is that why you have four podcasts so that you can give like a different pick <laughs> so they always write at the end of it? <laughs> so you see, I want you to say again, Andre, t- beyond the tennis and bagels impressing me from the start, this, you know, this detective work of yours, I, I don't know if I can come back on here. You're giving away my secrets. <laughs> 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 all right so next session of the draw yeah let's cool. do it so there's obviously a japanese person here that everybody's looking at right now and um it's most likely going to make it to the semifinals and that one is misaki doi <laughs> who's obviously playing the lesser japanese person naomi osaka right i just want you to know as soon as you started saying that sentence i was like i hope he makes the misaki doi joke here i was like i think he's setting it up beautifully so hey great shot to you that was delightful as soon as i saw the first round i was like that that i gotta (laughs) so yeah (laughs) it's just too perfect uh, nothing against Doi. She's a great fighter as well, a great player. Uh, obviously, like one of those players that you absolutely know that just know that won't make much of a, an impression in a Grand Slam, which is sad. And to be drawn against um, Osaka is is definitely not a good job for for her to start, especially if she's there just to kind of like raking up some uh, points and a couple more bucks. That's probably not going to happen at this time. Sorry, Misaki Doi. <laughs> so. So yeah, what do you guys see in this in this uh, in this section? Well, right away, I mean, a few first round matches have to pop up in your head. I mean, Condovate against Collins, that will be a really interesting first round match. Mm-hmm. Same with Coco Goff against Sevastova, that right away jumps out. Um, and uh, you know, how about? I think those are the main two that you know jump out to me right off the bat. How, is there anything else? Yeah, I so. This match was a punishment from the tennis gods, and I didn't deserve this because, you know, I have been staying in my bubble. I have been following all of our local guidelines. I wear a mask when I go out. I don't go out because I have a lot of tennis to watch, and I have three podcasts (laughs) to host, as you've mentioned, or four, or whatever it is now. By the time we're done, Dalton will have it at six. Um, But... (laughs) You know, the Alex Gruskin special, and that's so egotistical. I'm sorry, Tennyson Bagels fan. The special in this one for me, my Dark Horse special, I was ready to pencil in both Marie Buzkova and Jessica Pagula into my round of 16s. Wherever they were in the draw, I just think Pagula right now playing as well. And, you know, uh, Mark Lucero likes to go by UTR versus where they are in the rankings. And uh, I think Jess Pagula right now is a top 40 UTR, even though she's not top 40 in the rankings. It's much more difficult, uh, indicative of her level right now versus Marie Buskova, a player who can just do so many things so well. I compared her to a Fiona Farrow in the way she mm-hmm. moves around the court, turns defense into offense. I think, you know, she got a really good win over Kvitova. Uh, in the Western and Southern. She got a really good win over Kanta in Lexington. She made a final at the beginning of the year in Mexico, losing to Svitolina. And she's a former U.S. Open Junior Girls Champion. And so 22 years old, age 40. Yeah, there's so many, ta- uh, age 40, ranking of 40. Uh, she, you know, there's so many talented 23 and under players right now in the WTA game, but she's another one of them primed to make her breakthrough, primed to get herself you know, seated at all of the slams moving forward. And, uh, you know, I know Rebecca Patterson, obviously really good. Petra Kvitova, can Buzkova beat her twice? That's a tough task. Jessica Pagula is, again, playing as well as anyone right now. 
I could make a legitimate case, I think, and I hopefully I just did, uh, that both of those players, Buzkova Pegula, the winner of that match is the favorite to get out of that little section of the draw. Hmm. To make it into the quarters? To get, no, sorry, not to get to get to the uh, round of 16 where they would face, I believe, either, you know, Yastrzemska or Rybakena, one of the people, should maybe Shelby Rogers, one of the people in that portion of the draw. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you re-examine. Mm-hmm. I I totally missed uh, Pegula. I hmm. uh, that's 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 a good point. Um, definitely. Uh, what do you think of uh, Shelby Rogers? You know, obviously pulled off the massive upset against Serena, and then uh, you know lost two matches in a row to the same player. A uh, little bit, little bit unlucky in in, in that regard. Uh, Jill Teichman. So, uh, I, I mean, how do you think she bounces back from that and potential second round against Rybakina, who had a tremendous start of the year and got to the you finals know, of Dubai and nearly beat Halep? Mm-hmm. If, if I'm to say something, I feel like Serena Williams is definitely not in having the greatest of her times in her career right now. So if there was a time for her to cause an upset, it would be like in the first tournament that they played. Um, and that was a thing. Uh it's it's just for me the the only, the only thing that I'm just gonna say is like beating Serena for now uh, hasn't really been much of an indication of like a player's like um, higher level if you if you if you will. Yeah, to add to that, what I would say is I'm actually on Team Vance with this one because Shelby Rogers, uh, we got the chance, our Cracked Rackets team, to cover her at an EXO at the Top Seed Tennis Club in July. And it's just so clear after struggling with injuries for all of 2018, she's as healthy as she's been. She's fit as a fiddle. She's playing really confidently. And, you know, yeah, she didn't make it through qualities, I believe, in Cincy. She ended up losing to Teichman, but, you know, Teichman looked unbelievable believable at the top yeah. seed open and you know for Rogers to beat Serena to get a really good win over Layla Fernandez who's playing well mm. to beat Misaki Doi as well Shelby Rogers is absolutely a threat now to Vance's point earlier Rybakina Rybakina excuse me whatever I apologies for butchering the pronunciation I'll have to listen on the WTA I, I, website but if I'm not mistaken it's pronounced Rybakina but Rybakina perfect Rybakina yeah she is playing, or, you know, she lost six and or five and six or whatever to Alexandrova, who is also playing really well. And uh, Rybakina, yes. if you look in the race to Shenzhen, you know, there's only been really 10 weeks of tennis, but she's number six right now in that race. She showed such a good level early in the year for her, you know, really good wins uh, in, uh, I believe it was Dubai, where she made yes. the final. She beat yes. Martic, she beat Pliskova, Kenin yeah. uh, in St. Petersburg. She beat Sakharov. Uh, Sakari, she beat Zinyakova, Farrow, Australian Open. She held seed before losing to Barty. You know, she's a mm-hmm. player playing very, very well. That's a really fun matchup, though, because with the Shelby serve, with the Shelby forehand, the speed of these courts, she can absolutely do damage. Yeah. I, I like I like Rybakina in a sense. Like, when I watched her playing against uh, Kennan, she did really, was she was really a power player. She hit big serves and, uh, you know, had like this aggressive mentality and that took her into the into beating Kenan really who was coming strong after um Australian Open win at least with confidence and uh yeah I I could definitely see uh Rubakina making it even to towards the, the quarterfinals I think she can take anyone in, in this draw in this in this section of the draw what do you think Vansh 
Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. And, uh, you know, I think Stremska in that section will be interesting to see uh, whether she, who, who she plays in that third round match and if she if she can get there because on, on a good day, I think Diana Yastremska hits the ball harder than anyone. And she takes the ball extremely early on both sides. She's got just power for power. I think she's she's she would be top three in women's tennis if it was just only about power and blunting shots and uh, using your opponent's pace. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I very much agree with you. Um, I happen to think, you know, Yashremska is one of my players. Any list you're making of the top talent, uh, 23 and under, she needs to be in your top five or your list shouldn't be taken seriously because of what mm-hmm. she can do athletically. But look, it's, you know, the odds makers have Naomi Osaka as the favorite and nothing we've seen at the Western and Southern Open indicates they're wrong. She's, her serve is the single most dominant weapon right now in all of women's tennis. And if you watch the eight game stretch from her being a set and 2-0 down against Conteve, who, again, I love in this section. I cannot wait for that round four match against Osaka if we get it. And hopefully we do. Hopefully we also, of course, from a fan perspective, get to see Osaka and Goff battle again. Yeah. You know, crazy. We haven't talked about Coco Goff at all yet, but Naomi Osaka, that eight-game stretch against Conteve from a set and 2-0 down to 6-2, 2-0 up, that's the single best tennis I've seen from any player, man or woman, uh, throughout the restart of tennis here in August. Mm-hmm. And if she can channel that, and she does seem right now to have a really good uh, control of her off-on switch during these matches when she needs to lock in, she can, and that's a sign of a great champion. If I was to give my picks for this section, I would say Osaka Conteve round of 16, just because mm-hmm. I think Conteve is playing extraordinarily well. Finals in Palermo, yeah. quarterfinals here. Could have beaten Osaka. Uh, I take Osaka to advance uh, to the quarterfinals. I think, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about Diana Yastremska. Do I think she can put it all together four matches in a row? Uh, I'm asking to get my heart broken, but I'm going to follow my heart in this one because why not? I can change it later. Yeah, I'm going to take her <laughs> Yastremska Osaka part two as well. That's wow. just not going to happen. There's no way we get a Conteve Osaka rematch and a Yastremska Osaka rematch, but I'm going to stick with them. I do think it's going to be either Pagula or Buzkova to make the round of 16 and play Yastremska, and I'll take her from there. But I think this is Osaka's quarter to lose. I have her going to my semifinals. What do you say, Andre? Uh, absolutely. I think um, Osaka hasn't been very convincing, obviously, as we know, like in terms of like a few Grand Slams. But I never really thought that she was kind of like having a dip in, in level in the sense that like she would never again be the one, the dominant player that won two Grand Slams in a row and went to number one. Uh I think she she has she has just everything in 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 her game. As obviously as you as you mentioned, the serve is there, um, the movement is there, even the just like that that the mentality and the just kind of like the champion face that they put in when they go on into the court, uh, it's it's all there. It's it's the the full package. Like uh, Naomi Osaka, just I fully agree with you that there's it's her quarter to to lose. And if I'm to pick, to pick somebody to to, to pitch someone against her into the quarters. As you said, I, I think Conteve is going to make it um, into the round of 16. I will, I will, I will say, I will pick Rybakina for the, for the quarterfinalists. I will say uh, it's going to be Osaka, Rybakina in the, into the quarterfinals and Osaka will make it into the, into the semis. And what do you say, Vance? Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I do, I do definitely agree that Osaka is a solid pick 
to make the semis. I do. Uh, I, I am curious to see though. You know what happens in Cincy, and how much that how much that emo- takes out of her emotionally, um, especially with all the with the Black Lives Matter stuff and with with her match uh, against Martins being postponed, and then of course, you know. It's a must-win first round for her against her fellow Japanese compatriot, uh, Masaki Doi, but then it, it doesn't get any easier because Camila Giorgi is also one of the big, one of the best hitters on, on the tour, and she can cause some damage, assuming uh-huh. she gets through Allison Ben. Yeah, the, the one thing about Georgie for me, uh, I was thinking of her as well, but I, I didn't say anything but because for me, Georgie has one problem, is that she only hits hard. And that's it. That's her whole game is is based on hitting really hard. And she can defeat herself really easily by just hitting the net often or sending it out. Though that's her only big issue is that she doesn't do much else uh, aside from hitting it really hard. But to your point, I think it it could be like a, it could be tough, uh, like a like a close set or two. Yeah, for sure. And then amazingly, we haven't talked about Coco Goff yet, but she could play kind of two mm-hmm. two players who love to play cat and mouse tennis. Talk about Sevastova in the first round, and then potentially Daria Kazakina, who hasn't been, certainly hasn't performed up to the level we know she can play at. But yeah. you know, maybe this is an opportunity for her to get to the third round, and we could we could potentially see a rematch of last year's U.S. both last year's U.S. Open third round match and this year's Australian Open third round match, where both um, Goff and Osaka played two one-sided matches. So I, I mean, mm. I guess. We'll see, uh, you know, what role that plays. I think there being no fans, I think automatically, I think there'll be a tremendous amount of hype um, if that match does does happen. Um, and we will see, I think, a much, much better performance from Osaka than we did at the Australian Open. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we will have... Uh, we will have the letdown from her that we saw in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going going to the bottom section, I mean... Uh, Annette Kontovit, I really like her to get to the fourth round. I just think she's playing tremendous. She's playing solid, obviously, the final in Palermo. And, uh, you know, could have beaten Osaka. She had a break point for a double break lead in the second set. And so I think, you know, that she was entirely convincing in that one. And, uh, you know, Collins in the first round, I mean, I mean that's tough. You just never know. With uh, with Collins, she can definitely put together put together a run and, and take Kontovit out in the first round. So, you know, there's always that threat. And then, you know, we talked about Rabakina, but, you know, I, I really like Pagula as well to get to the fourth round. I think I think I would pick her against Kavitova right now. Um, and the main thing for me is, is it going to be Rabakina? Is it going to be Yastremska? I'm going to go with Yastremska versus... I'm going to go with uh, Yastremska versus... Um, versus Pagula, fourth round. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have Yastremska coming out of it. <clears throat> I think uh, Coach Sasha, Big Sasha, is going to really make an impact. And Yastremska is going to get to the quarters, face off against Osaka. And I have Osaka getting to the semis to face Kerber. Mm-hmm. Kerber, Kerber, right? Yeah. All right. What do you think about that? I don't know what you think, Alex. I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, again, I I think we've been pretty clear, right? It's Osaka's to lose, and so yeah. you know that the three of us are pretty confident in it. That means, of course, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Obviously, it's, commentator's curse is like being transferred to the podcast curse. <laughs> of course, yeah. 
All right. So before we, we, we head over to like going a little bit deeper into the semis, like let's just go over to uh, the next section of the draw, next half really, and uh, see what see what gives from that one. And same question. It's a uh, if you, if you wanna if you wanna go like by quarters, let's let's go first for the Serena quarter, Serena Queens, uh, Keys. Um, Serena is queen, but that's not the name that I was looking for. Um, so what what stands out to you in that one? I mean, I guess we can have this conversation now, and I, I've enjoyed asking every person who we've had uh, uh, or who I've talked to this question because I just want to take the pulse of how everyone feels, uh, Vanch, and then you know, then I want to hear what you have to say as well, Andre. Mm-hmm. How? What are your thoughts on Serena Williams? Is she a top contender to win this year's U.S. Open? So, I mean, the odd makers have her at number two, interestingly enough, um, and uh, you know, she is a contender. I will just I will just say she is still a borderline top five contender for me because I just think, you know, we've seen now four matches where it's slipped away from her and it slipped away from her with having leads and having won the first set. So that kind of concerns me a little bit um, in terms of that there are players now who really believe that they can beat her on any given day and can take the match away from her. You know, we saw it. We, we saw it with the seven-five-five-two lead that she had um, this week, losing in the round of sixteen. And we saw it. Uh, we saw her lose at the Davis Cup. We saw her lose to Shelby Rogers. I mean, sorry, not Davis Cup, Fed Cup. Uh, that was earlier in March uh, to Savistova. But then, uh, you know, we've seen we've seen performances from her that we've seen some good signs, like like uh, at the top seed open. Her clutchness against Venus Williams from 2-4 down in the third set and the match before that as well against Bernarda Pera. Um, and those are, you know, she's slowly working her way back into the into the form that she needs. And then, you know, just when, she, when we think she has it, uh, there's another player that can uh, move her around the court, that can expose her weaknesses and her footwork when stretched to the outer thirds. And it's not easy mm. coming back from... Um, motherhood and having made four slam finals and having the pressure of that 24 constantly weighing down on you and even if there's no fans and there's no um, you know and maybe the pressure is off of her slightly and you know maybe we, we've seen sometimes how the New York crowd can really stress Serena out we can see it in her face during when she plays these matches but if we just look solely based on her draw you know we see obviously Christian the TikTok master in the first round mm-hmm. and uh, we see Sloane Stephens there who, quite frankly, has just been falling off. And she's played well in team tennis and stuff and, you know, played well in patches in Cincinnati in her first round, but has really struggled to make progress since. And that's a tough first round from her that I could easily see uh, Buzernescu winning that one. And so, unfortunately, we may not get the Sloane Stephens versus uh, Serena round three that we're all hoping for. And, you know, we might have a Monica Puig versus Serena second round match, and that could end up being tricky. And then, mm-hmm. but I, I do, I do certainly think I have her getting to the fourth round, and where she could potentially have that rematch against Sakari. Um, and you, you got Anisimova in this section. You've got Donna Vekic. You've got, uh, you know, Keys who uh, failed to defend her Cincinnati crown, but could obviously has obviously made a final here and is. Can can be playing well. How about Jill Teichman? I think Jill Teichman takes out Keys in the in the second round, and I think Sloane Stephens loses in the first round. 
Um, and I do have the Maria Sakari. Uh, I do have the Maria Sakari and Serena rematch, and rematch. I have rematch? I have Serena mm-hmm. still getting to the quarterfinals, but I, I mm-hmm. anticipate at least two three setters in the first four matches from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, sorry to just what I the thing. Oh, actually, sorry, Andre, please take it away because I want to hear your Serena thoughts, and then I I will go. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I wanted to just. Uh, I would talk a little bit about the draw in the sense, like just from from Chrissy and, but just 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 to make a point on on how I feel about Serena Williams and, um, I think Chrissy Ann has a solid chance of winning this match, and this is this is how I feel. This essentially tells how I feel about Serena Williams right now. I think Williams is, uh, she's just kind of um, is reminiscing a little on on her uh, own days in which she would be like essentially unbeatable and uh, I remember when uh, there was a time when only Azarenka could challenge Serena because she was just so dominant um, and even then it wasn't that incredibly challenged, challenging in, in all of the, the head-to-head matches but I think Serena Williams is is, is struggling to find um, satisfaction in the way she's playing she can't really be positive and I know that there was a quote that's saying, uh, oh yeah, how can I be positive with the way I'm playing? And I think that this is kind of like one of the things that we can learn um, from other players as well. Like, um, I think, uh, namely, Rafa Nadal is a, a big one on that one. It's just kind of like, when things aren't going your way, just kind of just keep trying to improve and get better and just kind of like look look at the positives of it. And, and I think that that's one thing that Serena Williams hasn't been able to. And um, there has been talks in, in the past of like how she is always going really. She has she's always been really hard on herself uh, because she kind of like wants nothing but perfection. Um, but I think it's the time for her, especially right now, uh, nearing her forty forties, and um, clearly not as dominant as she used to be. Like um, you, you, Alex, you mentioned that um, Osaka serve is the most dominant weapon right now in the women's game, but that that's a that's a big statement on Serena Williams' serve, which was for the most part of the last decade or two like the most dominant shot in the women's tennis. So I think it's time for Williams to put it in her head that she needs to win ugly a couple matches, and I feel like if she can do that, that's great. If she keeps just looking for perfection and just like letting herself down and just kind of like imploding, I don't think uh, twenty four is happening. Um, in this year's U.S. Open, and I've made a podcast episode in which I I called that Serena Williams is only going to uh, get this record in next year's Wimbledon. Um, so I really don't think uh, Williams is is. I think she's a contender every t- every time she enters a draw. I think Williams is a contender. You can never just rule her out. If she gets a couple matches un- under her belt, I think she can like really get get it going. But um, I think she's vulnerable right now. So I think it's. She's she's coming to a time where um, she's constantly being challenged from the earlier stages and not only in the finals of a tournament. Yeah, it, so the counter to what you to the point you just made is that she's played five matches in the start of August. They've all been three sets, and somehow she's three and two than them. Even though I would argue in four out of the five, she clearly was playing worse of the two players. And yeah, you know that third set against Sakari, you can count on one hand the amount of times we've seen Serena do that in her career. But I would say the thing that's impressed me the most about Serena in these past, you know, restart of play is 
the fact that she has been able to win ugly, the fact that she mm. has been able to compete so well on court, find ways to win despite the fact that she's clearly not playing her best tennis. Mm-hmm. You know, the why I don't have her in my top five contenders is just because there are 30 other women right now who you can <laughs> name on a list who are just simply put playing better tennis than her. And mm. I think the thing that you mentioned I do agree with, she wins a couple of matches. She's into the second week. Now, who wants to bet against Serena in the second week of a slam? And the draw gods blessed her. They said, hey, you, you know, not only do we not know about Garbine Muguruza's health, but the second best player we're going to put in your section of the draw is probably Jill Teichman. Because Madison Keys hasn't been playing well in all of 2020. And, you know, obviously Teichman got to the final at the top seed open without dropping a set, qualified at the Western and Southern, you know, beat Shelby Rogers to qualify as well. She's playing really well. Uh, that's probably on form. And, you know, Maria Sakari, yeah, you beat her once. To beat Serena twice in two weeks, that's yeah. a tough question yeah, for tough any ask. player. Uh, but, yeah, Serena got uh, – the thing that you have to be encouraged about is if you're a Serena fan is that you did not get the Sophia Kennan draw, which we'll talk about in a second, which is just <laughs> a gauntlet, which is just like if you win this U.S. Open, uh, Sophia Kennan, you are unequivocally the best player in all of women's tennis, and no one has the right to argue that until 2021 starts. Doesn't matter what happens at the French Open. Um, but for Serena, I mean, she got the drug gods rewarded her. They said, hey, here's your pathway to 24. Get to the second week. Now you're going to have to play some really good yeah. tennis once you get there. But your path to the second week is 100% open. But I don't know. With that in mind, I guess, you know, Andre, I, I know I just talked about your point. If you have anything else to comment on, please let me know. But are you picking mm-hmm. Serena to make uh, the semifinals? What's your pick out of this quarter? Yeah, this semi it's it's just so hard. Like I, I feel like uh, I think I mentioned this like in the beginning. It's just so hard to make a prediction in the women's tennis. Like anything literally can happen with, as you mentioned, with thirty women or more. Like with big tennis being played right now, um, it's it's just so tough. But like I think I I I would say. Maria Sakari can make it through, and I w- I'll pick her to, to make it into the quarterfinals over over Williams. I don't think she's making it past the the round four match, even though the round four is basically already the beginning of the second week. But um, I think Maria Sakari can can make it through if she keeps playing good tennis as she is right now. Uh, and from the top of the draw, it's just tough tough ask. Um, I think I can, if if Muguruza is is healthy, I think she can she can pull it off. But never really know. So I'm just I'm just gonna go for for Muguruza again because I I think I know her best of all all the all the other players, and I don't really believe in Madison Keys all of that all that much. Um, just because like uh, there's some lack of consistency I think in 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 her play that makes me not really make her my first pick in a few. Um, in a few tournaments, in, uh, in the Grand Slams included. So I would say Mukarusa and um, Sakari make it to the quarters. Yeah, for me, I've got, I've got, I've actually got, I'm disagreeing with Andre. I've got Serena. I just think um, the probability of beating Serena Williams two times in a row, it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. You'll just see it in Serena's eyes that she's going to play a completely different match if she does get to that fourth round. And like, uh, like uh, um, Alex just mentioned, I think the draw gods did really bless her now that I've, uh, now that I do really take a step back and I, I think about it, I mean, she was really not, she was really playing worse of the two players in those five, three set matches that she played and she still won three out of those five. So, mm-hmm. you know, that being said, she is displaying a level of 
uh, day in and match out match in and match out level of competitiveness that you know we haven't really seen from her because she's never really had that kind of challenge even even when she's gotten to her four slam finals it's been a fairly comfortable six matches she's won and then a fairly comfortable final she's lost so it's kind of been like we haven't really seen that competitiveness from her and i think you know we will we will see that come out and we will see it pay off and i do think she will get to the quarters and she will face Mugarutha, who I have um, coming through that coming through that section because, you know, obviously Mugarutha is super up and down in terms of we just never know which Mugarutha will show up. But um, you know, I think I'm. I this was this would be maybe the only part of the draw where I could really see, uh, you know, Donna Vekic and Mugarutha third round and Mugarutha comes through that, and then maybe faces. And maybe Teichman or Elisa Cornet makes a run because I'm really not bullish on Key's chances at all. And I do think mm-hmm. I have to, I do have Teichman getting to the third round and upsetting uh, Keys. And you know I wouldn't be surprised if Tamia Babosh took out Keys in the first round, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's and and you know Shuai Zhang is the seed there. But then I've got Elise Cornet, I've got an Elise Cornet and Teichman third round. And honestly, that's a fifty-fifty match. And so you know I do really think we could get a Muguruza and Serena quarterfinal and I have Muguruza winning that match and getting to the oh, semifinals oh, against against Serena yes hmm so here's the thing I I really don't if Serena gets to win this tournament I'll be like well it's Serena you know what I mean it's like I will have no problem being wrong about that at all it's just I, I that's just like how I'm feeling right now in this sense like in how I I'm seeing I think that this, these holes can um, go against her in in her game, but I I constantly say like for me Serena is the greatest player of all time, male or female. So if she makes it through, I'll be like, yep, it's Serena. <laughs> what can you expect, right? So so yeah, what are your picks, uh, uh, Alex? Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna steal that Cornet Teichman third round. I like that a lot. No problem with that, Vanch. Um. Look, I've been mm-hmm. all in on the 24, 25-year-olds. I think that's that age where you get that perfect crescendo of your you know, physical skills combined with now your experience on tour mentally. You've sort of stabilized. You know what works with your game. Donna Vekic, I believe, made the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open last year. Given, mm-hmm. you know, Muguruza, Australian Open finalist, but we haven't seen her play in now five-plus months. We know she was training, but she was also dealing with injury and you know, if Muguruza looks good, I do like that pick for her to get to the semifinals. I think the winner of her and Vekic are, is the person who ultimately makes the semifinal. I think Serena Williams gets tripped up before round four. I don't know exactly who it's going to be yet, but I do think it's going to be someone, um, you know, I just, I don't, you know, again, I, I'm with you on that, Andre. If I'm wrong, I, that's fine. I'm I'm fine mm-hmm. to be wrong on Serena Williams, but I just don't see it in this event. It's funny, Serena Williams, not one of my top five contenders, but I would also say she's probably the top four seed most likely to make the semifinals, just given her section of the draw. Um, mm. But I'm going to go with Donna Vekic. I'm going to stick to my guns. She's going to make the semifinals out of this section. Against you know who's going to be her her quarterfinal opponent? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the winner of Para Sakari round two. I like Bernardo yeah. Para. I'm a big Bernardo Para fan. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, she, she's shown a lot of potential. I definitely see that. So <laughs> it'd be good to see like a like an unseeded making the quarterfinals. That's that's not that unusual, but like it's always good to see this happening. So um. I think this is a section where we're really going to see who can cope with the fear of winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It totally is. <laughs> exactly. And then you get to this murderer's row, right, of the last section. And you're yeah. just like, even if you make it out of the section to the semifinals, will you have any juice left in the tank? Yeah. 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 I mean, where do we start with this one? <laughs> we could have a potential well, the, the, Azarenka the, and Sabalenka match, right, in the second round. True. Yeah. I, we don't know how, how Azarenka will be feeling after... Uh, her run in Cincinnati, but like hopefully she will be very rested, very well rested and, and healthy. And Sabalenka, you were saying I don't remember exactly who was like the, one of the biggest hitters in tennis. Sabalenka was just she just wanted to 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 blow up the ball. The, the, she had no intention of winning. She just wanted to like see the ball blowing up. Like when he left her rack, there's no reason for her to read the ball so hard. So, yeah, so, I think I think yeah, me and Alex were actually debating this on on Twitter. If I'm not, <laughs> not mistaken, we're like, who, which ATP player do we most this is she most similar to? And I think uh, Alex said Sanga on a good day, uh, uh, and I said Bazilashvili hmm. on a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this section. You, for Sophia Kennan, just listen to this. She'd have to go hypothetically Vickmeyer, then either Zvonareva Fernandez, Fernandez, then yeah. potentially Jabour, then either Mertens or Alexandrova. Then after that, you probably have Sabalenka. Then after that, you're at the hotel and you're like, just all of the ice, please, to room 208. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, because like you only mentioned a, a handful, but there is a, a few there who are actually really capable players as well. Um so that we have obviously Clijsters making her com- comeback. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like she's a, a little bit below uh, from Serena Williams in terms of like how deep she can make it. Maybe she can make it to round three, but who knows? And uh, there's also a player who's done well in the past in Kaya Kanepi. So she's firing like she has a big serve. And those are the players that were not mentioned. So in 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 a lot of other draws, those those players would be big favorites but this is how just intense the section is right so yeah and there's there's a few other popcorn matches too in the first round heather watson against conta you got an all brits match um you got the uh, uh you could have potentially i guess if we're looking at just first rounds how about mukova against venus williams uh i mean you know that's that could be i i mean it's really tough for me to see you know venus williams might lose that first round because um, I, I, I really do think uh, Mukova has a lot of potential as well, and she's not talked about, talked about enough, seated 20th. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, this is just a murderer's road. Like, whoever gets yeah. to the fourth yeah. round is just going to be completely spent. Exhausted, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, look at some of the other matches. You you know, again, Sviatik versus Kudermatova. Sign me up for that. How about uh, Alexandrova versus Kim Kleisters? If healthy, yeah. Kim Kleisters, I, first of all, I also, I've been saying this, I only take you as seriously as how far you think Kim Kleisters and Venus Williams can actually go in this U.S. Open. There is no world, I'm sorry, where Kim Kleisters at this point in her career, seven matches in two weeks, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But can she rip off one really good win over Alexandrova? Alexandrova, who at this point raced to Shenzhen, number 12 player in the world this year. Um, like, that's a really fun first round matchup. I'm all in on that. 
Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, any permutation, any combination you want to make in this draw, it's that much fun. It's just a question of who can you see coming through this. I mean, again, I'll watch Townsend Vickery. I love Claire Lou versus Sarah Tormo. I think there are a lot of fun matches, a lot of dangerous players in this portion of the draw. They really should be like, hey, we're just going to shuffle the bottom and we're going to distribute it more equally so that everyone enjoys it. Because like Elise Mertens is one of the five best players right now in women's tennis and unfortunately for her you know she's probably going to have to beat one of or two of Alexandrova and Kenan or Jabour uh, to even make the what quarterfinals of this event and like that's just that's that's tough. that's brutal yeah it's it's almost like they forgot that it was 128 people draw and just made a 32 instead and then just kind of put the rest of the players afterwards yeah you, this legitimately could have been the western southern open draw and it would have been cool yeah so back in, into predictions, like what do you, who do you think is making it into the quarterfinals? I'll, I'll toss it over to Vansh first. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I could see a scenario where, um, you know, Azarenka takes out Sabalenka in the second round and makes the third round and just carries her momentum from Cincinnati, um, regardless of how she does this weekend. And then, you know, potentially I could, I, I don't see Venus Williams making it, uh, getting through her first round match against Mukova. So I have, I have a Mukova, I, I and I do think uh, I I don't think Kanta will will make it through that section through her section either. Despite her playing extremely well in Cincinnati, I just don't think she can keep it up for more than a week. So I've got uh, a Mukova versus I'm gonna go with Mukova versus. The, whoever wins Sabalenka versus Azarenka. So I'm gonna go with, I'm I'm gonna go with the winner of Sabalenka and Azarenka. Makes the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. On that side. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's just the first half. What do you What do you guys think about the, the first half of the quarter? Um. Alex is still there, just making sure. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, great. Uh, just, uh, sometimes I'm scared of the silences. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, for the, the top draw, it's it's tough to tell. I think Conta is being playing, playing really well. I didn't really fancy much of her chances in this week. I think she's actually going much farther than I thought she would. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think it could be a, a solid... She could probably make it into the quarterfinal, the the round four, and then I think I'm with you a little bit, like in Sabalenka versus Azarenka. <clears throat> I would edge Sabalenka out a little bit because I think Azarenka will be tired, and I think Sabalenka would just be too much for her to handle. Um, so I, I just think that this is kind of like what what might happen, unless uh, Sabalenka's game kind of fails her instead, and uh, she starts like missing way too many shots and not really like. Um, finding really her range, that's when Azarenka will get a chance. But I will be uh, pitching Kanta versus Sabalenka into in the in the quarterfinals, and the the winner will, of this match, um, I'm not entirely sure. So I'll say probably let's go. Bull. I'll say I'll say Kanta will make it into the quarterfinals, but won't get past it. 
Yeah. Look, I'll go even a step further. I think Arena Sabalenka, one of three players who, when playing her best tennis, just can't be beaten right now in the women's mm-hmm. game. She's on that list. Osaka's on that list. Andrescu's probably on that list. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they just have this ability to hit, take the ball away from you, to hit you off the court. And for Sabalenka, look, U.S. Open doubles champion last year, but this year you look at what she did. She won the Qatar Open, right? Really good wins along the way there. Three set loss in her, to her in Dubai to eventual champion Simona Halep now you know Mm. in Australia you want to be a little disappointed with that 6-6 and loss to Suarez Navarro fine I think Sabalenka is the person winning this quarter I just think you know the fact that she beat Bellis in a really physical three-set match and then played you know a good tennis match especially physically equated herself well uh, against Pagula Pagula was just too good on that day I love Mm. Sabalenka on these quick courts I think she's such an incredible athlete I think she is going to win you know go through that top section of the draw. And then I just think for Sophia Kennan, so many tough matches, it adds up. I think Elise Mertens, who's playing so well, finalist in, you know, Prague, obviously semifinalist here at the Western and Southern. I think she's going to match up against Sabalenka. Sabalenka, three to two career head to head. Also beat her this year, four and three in Dubai. Give me Sabalenka to make the semifinals. I like that. Mm-hmm. Sabalenka, Vekic, Osaka, Pliskova. I can, that, that, that semifinals makes sense to me so i'm feeling good about mm-hmm. myself yeah i mean you guys yeah. hit it on you know, hit the nail on the head with sabalenka like when she's playing her best tennis uh you know she's she's top three with osaka and andrescu that can just take the racket out of your hand and i do think mm-hmm. you know uh, azarenko will start to feel the fatigue uh of you know especially if she wins her next match against Conta and she starts to make it through and i think mm-hmm. uh azarenka and sabalenka actually played last year in the first round of the us open obviously sabalenka winning the doubles title with elise martins and it was a mm-hmm. close three set match with sabalenka edging out vika 6-4 in the third and i do think you know you know whoever get like i said whoever wins that match I do see getting to the semifinals. I said quarters, but now I'm going to say semis because I do think mm-hmm. Sophia Kennan has a murderer's road. And I think Elise Martins right now is your safe pick. Just uh, just how solid she is. Yeah. She, she yeah. reached the quarterfinals last year as well. And, you know, she's just she's just been looking really, really good. And she yeah. made the finals yeah. of Prague. She had a great week, you know, you know, and she's just she's lived up to her seating, if not exceeded it in most of the events she's played. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, assuming she has a tough first round against Segaman, but I, I would pick her to get through that. She's kind of like a David Goffin type pick for a fourth round quarterfinal, you know, if you want to do a men's mm-hmm. comparison. But I do think, uh, you know, Sab- I have to agree with Alex, I do have a Sabalenka uh, getting through Azarenka, getting through Mukova and finding her range. And we know she's, you know, if she gets it right, she's one of the best. So I, I have mm-hmm. I have a Muguruza versus Sabalenka semifinal, which, you know, my heart wants that and my brain wants that. So it's a win-win scenario. And then <laughs> I've got... I just want that. <laughs> yeah, and then I've got Osaka and Kerber. So those are my two mm-hmm. semifinalists. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't actually get to pick my uh, my bottom quarter. I just, I just realized that. So I will say I will go... I'll go with you as well. I think um, Mertens will make it to the quarterfinals. I do think... I, I did say that Conta is going to make it. Um, and then I think Mertens will make it into the semis. And I think she will face in the fourth round, by the way. Uh, I will say um, Andre Burr is going to make it into the fourth round. You think she beats Kenan? And, uh, I think so. I actually think Fernandez is going to be Kenan. 
in the ne in the in the second round. I think that that that's and how and yeah. Leila Fernandez versus Von Reva, that's a it's a tough round. It's a tough match, but I think Fernandez is going to get through and going to make it into the round three and lose to Anz Jabeur in the in the in, in the round three, and then Jabeur is going to make it up to there, and Merton is going to make it in the quarterfinals and eventually into the semis because I already picked Conta in the quarter. So yeah, I mean, I just have one quick question for for Alex, I guess, before we can start predicting the semis and the finals. Sure. Is I mean, I guess you you mentioned somewhere along the line, Sofia Kennan is going to fall, and you have Ansu Jabor in that quarter, you have Vonareva, you have Fernandez, uh, you've got Martins in there as well. You know, where do you think? Where do you think she falls, and how do you see like Jabur against Kennan? Because, you know, Jabur obviously uh, lost to Kennan in the quarters at the Australian, so it's kind of like, who do we see? Yeah. So the thing is, I I think Kennan has the perfect sort of game style to match up with Jabur. She can handle that slice just as well and dish it right back. I just think after Vic Meyer, after Zivanareva and Fernandez, after a Jabur, I just think that's when Elise Mertens. Who, if you don't have a weapon that can get Elise Mertens stretched, it's really tough to beat her right now. I think that's the match where Kennan gets tripped up. No, for sure. I, I like I like that a lot. So. So yeah, so heading over to our our semifinalists and finalists and winner, uh, what do we got for our matchups in the semis? Uh, so I will quickly because again I apologize to the both of you. Um, I you know here at Crack Rackets we always have so many great podcasts to do. One more <laughs> to record tonight. So if you guys don't mind, I will run through my picks um, just so you guys have them as well. Um, you know I. I have Vekic, I have versus uh, Elise Mertens in that bottom section of the draw, or excuse me, versus Sabalenka in that bottom section. I just think it's Sabalenka's time to make a Grand Slam final. I think she's at that stage of her career. I know a couple of shaky losses from her in her first two matches, but I've liked the way she's competed, and for Sabalenka, that's always the biggest question. So yeah, Azarenka's tough in round two, but... I like her to make the finals. I like on the top half in that Pliskova-Osaka matchup, Osaka to advance. And, you know, Osaka-Sabalenka is the sort of power tennis we fans deserve. That will be a hard-hitting mm -hmm. final. I'm going to go with Naomi Osaka, who has been there before. I just think she is playing better than anyone else in the women's game. So I'm going to take Osaka to win this. What say you two? Oh, uh, go ahead, Vunch. Go first. For sure. So I, I have a Muguruza, Sabalenka, and Kerber and Osaka semis. And with Kerber and Osaka, I just think, you know, maybe two years ago, Osaka would have lost this match. But I think she's a completely different player right now. And, you know, I just think she's playing better tennis than anyone. And the odds makers have it right when she's the, you know, she is the favorite to win this tournament. Um, you know, given the parity that we've seen, and we've seen her establish, uh, we've seen her establish her game like this before, particularly on these courts. So I'm going to go with Osaka takes out Kerber in two tight sets, and I've got Sabalenka taking out Muguruza in a tough three-set match. Um, I just think she's too good of a player not to have made, uh, you know, a slam final. Certainly in the next one to two years, if not, if not now. Yes, she is a little bit shaky, but when she gets it right, when she hits her stride. Uh, it's just so tough to, for any player to just absorb that pace and do it point in and point out. So I'm also going to go with the Sabalenka-Osaka uh, final, and I've got Osaka winning that one. 
in three sets as well. Mm-hmm. But a comfortable three setter. What would you say is a comfortable three setter? I think she wins the first, loses the second. Uh, a little bit like how she did against Petra Kovitova, but with more one sided sets. So I would say something like a 6 3, 3 6, 6 1, or 6 2 in the third. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, so I, I'm, I would essentially go along those lines. I also pitch um, Osaka to be the, the, the winner. I think she's uh, beyond the tennis. I think she's on a mission right now in a sense. Like, And unless something happens again that she decides she will boycott the US Open, which I think it's completely plausible if something big again happened outside of uh, the tennis scope, um, I think she will love to use that opportunity to send a message and to uh, solidify her place as an ambassador um, to that and just use that that influence that she already has as the, the, not the richest uh, athlete, but the highest paid um, female athlete in the world right now. Um, has already had a lot of things happening and, and during quarantine and during uh, the pandemic. And I think she is going to be rock solid in, in her goal of winning this this US Open and I don't think anyone can stop her to be perfectly honest I think Kerber is going to um, make, make it in the, in the semis and I, I agree with Vansh um, it's going to be two tight sets um, but I think Osaka is just going to be overall when you look at the stats afterwards it's going to be like yeah Osaka was uh, was just dominant overall and making it into the semifinals I uh yeah, I will, I will pitch uh, Sabalenka as well. Um, and I don't actually remember who I picked for the semis, but I, I will say uh, it's 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 rough. I will, I will say Muguruza just because I feel like she has kind of like that Stan Wawrinka um, desire of doing well in the slams, in the slams and, and essentially just kind of like peaks there and nowhere else. And I think that will be the case. But I think Sabalenka... Um, will hit through her. And I think Sabalenka was going to... Wait, did I say Sabalenka? I said Kanta, right? Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I uh, meant um, Kanta is not going to make it. I said Mertens will make it into the semifinals. And from that, from then on, I actually have no idea. Um, I would say... I'll say Muguruza make it, makes it into the into the finals again, like she made it in, in Australia. Um, but then I would say two comfortable sets to Osaka in the final. Um, so that's that's essentially my, my pick. <laughs> All three of us have got Osaka. Yeah, just different semis, uh, <laughs> not semis, but like but like a uh, finals, right? What was your final again, Alex? Just so I'm, I my... had Osaka versus Sabalenka, and I took yeah. Osaka as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's the obvious pick to make. Mm. Yeah, I think I was trying. Uh, I'm trying to be a little bit bolder in that in that, in that sense. So, um, mm-hmm. but in any case, I, I do think Osaka is going to be the winner, and essentially regardless of who is in front of her. So, um, in that sense, I think that will conclude pretty much our previews of the draw. Do you have any final comments on the on this draw and the maybe the later uh, stages? 
Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, my final comments are again a huge thank you to the two of you to have for having me on the podcast today. I mean, look, a lot of the time, you again, there are fifty women you could talk yourself into. So if your picks evolve between now and Monday, that shouldn't surprise anyone. And given we haven't seen tennis in a half, past five and a half months, if there are any bad predictions, uh, I don't think anyone should have that held against them. But no, I think the takeaway is it's wide open, and that means it's going to be a really fun two weeks for women's tennis fans. Yeah, I fully agree. And uh, obviously, I, uh, I want to thank you so much for taking your time. Um, Alex, it's, it's pretty late at night right now for, for, for the both of us. So uh, uh, thank you for, for being here and uh, thank you for bringing so much insight. And it was a lot of fun talking uh, women's tennis with you. And also thank you, Vansh, for being present here again and being a trooper and making so many episodes of this podcast with me as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Vanch. Again, I still owe you four now instead of five. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was an absolutely pleasure. Thank you, Vanch. Thank yeah. you, Andre. I'll talk to you both soon. Yeah. So just final remarks from you, Alex. Uh, can you just pitch your, your, your handles again? Like where do we follow uh, you on social media you and your you podcasts? Know always a professional i always forget because i always have to ask that question as well um you know you want to follow all of the content at crackedrackets.com or at cracked rackets twitter instagram facebook youtube i'm at great shot pod it's the great shot podcast mini break podcast cracked interviews and inside out podcast all available for you on the wonderful tennis channel podcast network but again thank you to the both of you again there's nothing in my life i enjoy more than tennis and bagels and so it's great to get to do both here <laughs> It's amazing. You should come to Montreal someday. <laughs> we have incredible bagels here. Yeah, no, so, I'm, in, I'm in. Yeah, cool. So yeah, make sure you follow everything that he said there. Um, just do it right Stop now. Whatever Stop whatever you're doing. Whatever you're I'm going to make a quick podcast pub. Is over I'm going to make a quick <laughs> pub, uh, given that I am also a Crack Rackets ambassador. We yeah. do have, yes. <laughs> we do have uh, some more articles coming out. Uh, uh, on the U.S. Open, so please be on the lookout for those. Uh, there was, there are some dark horse articles for both the men's and the women's side. We've got some excellent podcasts coming from the mini break, and the podcast with Nina Pantic was fantastic. I think all of our listeners should uh, listen to that as well, and of course, all the other four podcasts. Oh, and you're too kind, Vance. Yes, and of course, go check out his ATP Dark Horses, which we released perfectly simultaneously with the pod we did with JC Aragoni that I know all of you listeners here will enjoy as well. Sweet. Um, so yeah, just so much content for y'all. If you if if you if you thought just because tennis is back, that's it. Like, just prepare yourself because of the wave of content that's gonna come, and you got. Crack Rack has got you covered. So just follow them in. You got everything you need to know about tennis, essentially. So uh, I just changed my handle on Twitter. And it's now at tennis uh, underscore bagels to make it easier for people to find me on the social media. And it's probably to like make myself a little bit more... Uh, um, oh, people more aware that I do this. So uh, I'll be updating every single um, episode that I put the other handle, the older one. And... Uh, every, everywhere you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, um, now Twitter at Tennis and Bagels. So just be on the lookout for that. And uh, everything that we just talked about here will be in the description. And thank you so much for listening and for enjoying tennis with us. And last, thank you for Vansh and Alex. I'll see you guys later. Bye bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 